Sisters podcast with Nicole and John Ellen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Radical Awareness podcast. In today's episode, we're going to kind of change styles maybe a little bit mm. and do more of a kind of Q&A approach. Let's see how we go. It might be exactly the same, but... Um, <laughs> We're trying something different. Yeah, yeah. It feels kind of different in preparation for it anyway. Um, but here we are. We're going to be looking at the idea of the the dangers of trauma today and how they manifest in a collective situation. So, hello, Nicole. Hello, John. Uh, we're going to start with mm. a request for a definition of trauma as we've been talking about trauma throughout this particular episode and we often do and we have spoken about definitions of trauma many times um, when things happen you know too fast when things happen um, there and your choices (laughs) when things happen and your choices are taken away um, etc 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 but you have kind of cultivated a slightly more nuanced and maybe polished definition for today's episode. Mm. I also think that because the the word is it's it's at present like an umbrella term that's used in so many different ways. And so I think whoever's talking about it and what the context they're talking about it in, it is important to kind of give a definition really so that you understand what we're referring to here. So this definition of trauma as we speak about it today is any experience you perceive negatively or you perceived negatively that created a form of limitation on your expression of life. So the biggest uh, key point here is that limitation has been created. And every time something happens uh, in our lives, in our personal experience, the way we perceive it then creates a sense of limitation of like, oh, that happened. Oh, I don't want to do that again. You could think about a really simple example being you were in a really horrific car accident let's say that would be very traumatic and you might have been the driver and whatever happened and then you don't really feel comfortable driving again and you might not drive at all or every time you get in the car there is this kind of gripping there is a sense of limitation that is put on your experience due to the trauma that happened so that's a much bigger example but this is happening all of the time to us you know we might walk into a shop and somebody says something um, to us that doesn't feel very good and then we kind of avoid that shop there is limitation in our lives uh, due to due to these moments with a micro or macro kind of traumas. Mm. And so these kind of avoidance patterns mm. start to shape and mold our behaviors, which shape and mold to, to a certain degree, our personalities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I just want to add this part here. So when you feel limited due to your trauma, you don't actually feel worthy. So you manifest internal low self-worth and create an expectation of abandonment. Now, abandonment is again one of the kind of I want to call fundamental issues that most of us experience, which also kind of manifests as this idea of being rejected, the idea of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. It's abandonment. It's this inherent sense of being abandoned, not being good enough as we are, even kind of feeling like the, the fraud, not really feeling like we fit in. It's all of this this fundamental fear of being abandoned and, and not um, included, which is also in line with, with low self-worth, right? So when we're becoming limited, we don't necessarily 
lean into that trust of our own worthiness of who we are. So we then have low self-worth, worth, sorry, which manifests into self-doubt. And it's really challenging to lean into who we are. Mm. Mm. And uh, some might say, if you don't know who you are, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to make a decision. You don't know how to make a choice. You don't know where to go. So you tend to follow instead. Mm. Mm. So how does this state of being, if we're talking about trauma, this, this, this trauma state, how does this state of being then become a danger to society? If we're talking about the dangers of trauma today, then how does, mm. how does trauma manifest as dangerous to others, to society as a whole? Mm, mm. I think the word, you know, dangerous, it's like how do we perceive that as well? But um, basically when the majority of us are living in a state of limitation, we're not really expressing who we really are or, or what we could do and how we would participate in the group. And this kind of becomes dangerous because we just fall in line being these very, in a sense, simplistic order followers who just kind of follow what we're told to do. And we don't really go beyond that because one, the limitation has led to this fear of abandonment, right? So we, we want to stay included in the group, whether that's our our family group, our community, um, the country as a whole, whatever it is, we're like, oh, I don't really want to step out of line and and and, and experience um, that feeling where I might be avoiding due to limitation or I might not feel like I belong, uh, abandonment, or we just don't feel a sense of worth to actually be ourselves. You've got all of these people who really aren't being people, right? It's kind of like the walking dead when you're in limitation that we just you can sort of picture it like we could all be colorful and beautiful and dancing and connected and happy, but instead it's kind of gray and straight lines and fitting into boxes and all just sort of following. And that's really dangerous because who are we following exactly? What ideals are we following? How do we know that they're, that they're good, that they're moral, that they're right, that they're supporting other humans, that they're supporting the environment? Because if we're not, if we've got this limitation, which again is manifesting internally, we struggle to actually know ourselves and to be able to sort of ask questions and reflect and go into this, this really trusting relationship with ourselves to say, what, what is it that I value? What are my principles? What is moral? What is immoral in the world? Where do I stand on said issues? And a lot of us might think we know where we stand, but actually it'll just be following the accepted view, right? Of this is the safe view because then I won't be abandoned. Oh yes, I believe that that's my, that's my values. Or we might have a set of values, but once a situation's actually presented where we've got to choose our values that might go against the majority, we might not be able to do that. So that's not, that's not a value then. If you don't stand in it, no matter what, that's not a value that you have, right? That just means that you have the foundation of abandonment and low self-worth, which means you can't make any real choices for yourself. That is massively, massively dangerous for a society as a whole if the individuals that make up that society don't actually have a backbone in themselves, right? They cannot, they cannot align themselves with their values and principles. So that means they could be controlled by anybody. And when the masses can be controlled by anybody, that's like a walking dead army, right? So you can see how very easily this could become very dangerous for maybe the few who are able to align themselves with their values which does mean working on your own trauma and understanding that you have trauma, understanding that you have pain that's created limitation, that has created this idea of abandonment issues and low self-worth. And it's this 
very intricate, complex kind of internal spiral that's going on. And if you're not connected to your internal world, your internal reality, you have no idea that you're even in this spiral. Because, you know, we hear things like, you know, something traumatic happens or, oh, you know, everyone's life is hard, just get over it. Um, time will heal all wounds, all this sort of stuff that is really incorrect. Time doesn't heal, time suppresses, right? We need to actually be able to lean in and uh, figure out how to do the healing, which definitely isn't just all um, rainbows and unicorns, let's say. Mm, it's like time doesn't heal wounds, doing the work. Healing heals wounds. Yeah, yeah. You have to actually spend the time on doing the work to heal for time to have any part in healing. We're mm. not saying that doing the work is any kind of shortcut or easy route. No, it's the hardest one. Yeah, mm. it's it's the hardest path and it's the only path. You know, this you can't take a pill. You cannot bypass your own healing. You literally have to walk through it. And it is really messy. The game of what we call radical awareness or self-awareness is, is really messy and sticky. And it's not just saying, oh, this happened and I have this feeling and, and now I've dealt with this feeling. Actually, a lot of it is about learning, is about knowledge. But all knowledge is actually self-knowledge. No matter what you're reading or learning or what university you went to or what, what um, work you're in, all of it relates back to the self. There's nothing separate from the self. That's not possible, right? So everything is self-knowledge and it's so important. But when we're not doing that, so the, the, when we say the work, it's like, yes, you're looking at maybe the things that have happened, but it's more about dealing with it in a more um, holistic, somatic way where you're working with your body, your mind, your emotions, your kind of how you connect yourself spiritually. And then also learning about truth. Mm. What What is truth? What is the objective truth of this reality? of ourselves, um, of, of the universe. And, you know, we're at a time where there's so much information, but what is actual truth? And then in the kind of the sort of new age movement, or even, the, you know, we're very much involved in the yoga communities, but there's so much non-truth in these worlds, this, this kind of spiritual bypassing and this idea that, oh, that's my truth, right? Like there's like an individual truth and that we're all these separate entities that aren't all connected. But that's not a fundamental truth of the universe. There are 100% universal um, laws and truths that need to be abided by that we're all actually connected to. How do we discover what these are? How do we align ourselves? How do we align our values with this? And how do we know, right? It's going, well, how do I know? Like, where do I get the answer? Do I Google it? It's like, you can Google whatever you want. It's a really exciting thing to do. You can read the books. You can go to the workshops and do the seminars and all these things. But the only way to decipher truth is to be able to have enough internal awareness and a relationship with yourself to filter it through your own filter that you were born with, right? Like a, a truth radar, is that what you should call mm. it? That actually helps you understand what the truth is. You can feel it. You can feel when things are out of alignment. And because a lot of us are so well traumatized, right, that this limitation, this this then desperation to be included and to kind of adapt around this feeling of low self-worth means that our journey to truth can be quite a windy one, right? Because we're so far away from truth because we've been like, oh my gosh, I'm not worthy. And let me try and figure that out first. But actually that drives us away from fundamental truth. It drives us away from ourselves. So then it's a little bit of backtracking. And so there is a process of kind of, this is my truth right now on my journey to discovering 
the truths, the biggest sort of fundamental objective truths um, that we all coexist within. So it's very interesting, complex. It's definitely why we recommend, you know, when you start to do this work, it's like working, having communities that you're doing this in, working with people that understand this and actually having support along your kind of road of, of awakening and self-reflection. Yes. Highly recommended. Absolutely. <laughs> now, one of the things that may happen along this path is that uh, people in your life start to kind of shift and change as you more realign yourself with, with mm -hmm. truth and with uh, a sense of self-awareness, self-confidence, and it folds into a little bit more sometimes described as arrogance. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. So I'd, I'd love you to talk on the point of um, coming to this place of self-confidence and starting to realize and recognize how it is perceived from the outside. Yeah, cool. So on the um, on a journey, which is very much our life journey, you know, we might go from a place of, of survival, right, where it's even hard to function due to the limitation that's been created from our trauma. And then we get to a point where we're like, I can function, I'm doing well, and I'm in my life, and I can manage all of these kind of essential uh, skills like holding down a job and a relationship and actually having joy and, and hobbies and things that I like doing. And then there is a point where we start to thrive, right? So we're really starting to actually learn like the truth, you know, and going into this this deeper discovery of, of the kind of wider world, how we're connected to it and understanding truth. And just what happens is one, you sort of deeply fall in love with yourself and it's, it's very, a very heart centered, very, very say visceral, but sort of mm. body related experience. And then there is a sense where you understand you. So you, your intuition opens up for sure. Any of that kind of, depending on where you're into sort of psychic phenomenon opens up within you and you have a sense. It's like, an ability to sense truth and to just understand things and to kind of know where you stand on everything that your life presents you with. You're like, I know where I stand. Doesn't mean that you're not experiencing emotions or hardships or any of those things, but you will know where you stand. And in my, I can only speak of my own journey and, and very much witnessing John's, but um, in my own journey, you know, this is amazing of going from being so insecure, so terrified of abandonment and rejection and, not feeling worthy to then starting to feel the sense of real confidence and deep knowing of how to look after my own body, my own mind, my own emotions, knowing how to move through my own processes, knowing what to do and knowing when information comes at me, no matter how much it's being thrown at me, I can decipher what the truth is, right? It's just this, this way of knowing is actually our birthright. We don't have to have someone else tell us what the truth is, we will know once we get to this, this space within. But what happens is that it's so unfamiliar in our world that it is perceived as arrogance, right? Or narcissistic. And I'm not saying that narcissism doesn't exist. It 100%, I think, does. But sometimes the wrong people are being called this. And I know for myself, I can talk and say, no, but this is the truth. Or no, I will absolutely not do that. Or I will do this or whatever it is from such a strong place within myself that I can feel even the perception of what I'm, how I'm expressing it comes across as arrogant. And then people are offended by, by my confidence, right? That you can be offended or find 
uh, say me or someone else like this as arrogant because we're so self-assured. And isn't that an absolute reflection of where the world is at, of how much we are all so collectively traumatized for generations now being taken out of our, out of our center, that when someone, when people are stepping into their light, are stepping into the, into the truth and living their life from this very actually grounded and humble place, it's seen as arrogant or narcissistic or, oh, you're too confident, you know? What is it? What do we have here? Tall poppy syndrome. Tall poppy syndrome. And this is a huge issue and really, really dangerous that we are policing each other to stay small, to stay as order followers. We're basically telling each other, let's be robots and let whoever control us because it's better than us being arrogant. Mm. And so we miss out on what the individual brings to a true collective. Mm. We, miss, we miss out on the absolute gems and these, these wonderful people over time. Um, because if every individual actually came into this place of self-knowledge, right, of radical awareness, we would live in such an incredibly creative, beautiful, peaceful, fun, loving world. But we will be told that it would be chaotic and messy and there wouldn't be enough. There wouldn't be enough resources. There wouldn't be enough so-called jobs for all of these people who wanted to be creative. That is the biggest lie, the biggest lie we've been sold. If everybody aligned like this, we would live in such a magical, vibrant, abundant world. But this, the compartmentalization that has gone on through the conditioning to convince us that there needs to be this level of suffering, this level of limitation, this level of hierarchy. staying small and hierarchies everywhere, which are absolutely unnecessary. It means that we're like, oh no, this is the way it is. And like, I'm just going to go to my job and do this part because it's for the greater God. It's for the collective. How many people and just, say my boss, I have to talk to my boss and they have to talk to their, to their boss, boss and they have to talk to their boss and they have to talk to their boss before I get the answer about this. Mm. What a load of crap. And as a side note, it's like, just look up the actual meanings of collectivism and individualism. We're not going to go into it now, but again, we've been massively lied to around this idea that the greater good means sacrificing ourselves or sacrificing the individual. And I think it was, I really like, we were listening to, to Vinnie Eastwood the other day who just gave the, the best little simple example of this. It's like, if you look outside right now and you can see a tree and see a tree, you can go over, you can touch that tree. You're like, there is the tree. But if you were sitting in front of a forest, you were looking at the forest, you couldn't go over and touch the forest. You could go over and touch a tree, mm. right? But not a, not a forest. So there is no collective. There's only the individual. This it's is just important. just an abstraction of the mind. Yeah. An abstraction that is used to control, an abstraction that is used for guilt. Yes, what? and guilt is used to control. And so the idea of the greater good gets completely kind of muddled up because you are the greater good. You're a part of that. How many individuals step back from their rights when an opportunity, when, sorry, when an order is based on doing something for the greater good, not recognizing that they are part of the greater good. And if it's not good for them, then it is not, not good, good for, for the, the greater, greater good. good. Mm. 
Yeah, we have to understand that that the individual actually comes first. And this is such a controversial subject because it is not understood from an ethical, philosophical point of view. Mm. Did you want, uh, we were just, you wanted to mention the examples of some people? Yes, I mean, some of these absolute um, leaders in this in this world, in the in the 40, 50, 100, 150 years gone by, that have actually stood up. They've put their their they've put their head above the rest. They've they've stuck themselves above all of the other poppies and been willing to have their head chopped off for their causes. I mean, we could sit here and just do like podcast after podcast on these people just listing names, you know? Yeah. And that actually our world would be gray and boring and robotic if people hadn't stepped into their truth the misunderstanding is that oh that wouldn't be me though it's like it's every single one of us it's every single one of us so someone like mr albert einstein Mm. he went against the grain for a while (laughs) mr um the great mahatma gandhi the great soul that he was, the the choices that he made, the the principles, the values that he stood up for, the amount of times he used the word no. You're like, uh, I'm not going to do that. That's wrong. Last word, baby. No. Truly knowing how to say no when it is your values are being compromised. If you're listening and you have no idea what your values are, you've never thought about your values, I highly recommend, recommend, recommend doing that very soon. Write them down. What do you value? What do you stand by? What is important? And it's got to be things that you would never, ever, ever compromise. And listen to that because that can be quite triggering because we're trained to be like, oh, we've always got to compromise. And someone that we, when we were talking about this is um, Steve Jobs. You know, I could say other things about him, but I think that, you know, he had such an asshole reputation, right? Because compromising reputation, you yeah, might say. Yeah, he has even if it's creative values, no matter what it is, were very clear, very strong what he wanted to do. And uh that's just what that was. But we're kind of in this bizarre PC world where it's like we should always be compromising and making ourselves smaller. But you see what that is? That's a limitation. That's playing on the collective trauma. That's saying, oh, we're all too uh traumatized to exist in any conflict or to have any real conversations. And I just actually touch on this, this idea that people say to me all the time, I, I just, I just, I don't like conflict. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, obviously, but it's not that you don't like conflict. You don't like abuse, right? You don't like having to talk to someone where they're just abusing you and you're not heard. That's not conflict. That's abuse, right? Conflict, as I think Brene Brown talks about, you know, it's the first eight seconds that are awkward i got to have an awkward conversation. Just eight seconds, it's awkward, and then you're in, you're doing it, and it's fine. Nobody isn't, uh, doesn't have the skills to deal with conflict. You've got a lot of trauma that creates limitation, and you don't like abuse, but that's different from not being able to deal with conflict. Just as a small side note, because that also keeps us out, or it's just something that has come from, from limitation, right? Yeah, and if you have a known abuser in your life, be that... Uh ex-partner, be that a parent, be that a, a sibling or even a current partner that always held 
a level of power and control over you and the moments of conflict generally ended in you being on the back foot or the receiving end or becoming uh, a victim or the loser or however you want to paint it, then there is definitely trauma there. There's definitely Mm. a level of sitting in the aversion of those situations. You're like, ah, I don't want to be hurt, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go anywhere near conflict. Unfortunately, if you're going to not go anywhere near conflict, you're gonna be sitting in compromise all of the time to the point where you compromise your values if you even know what they are, and you're left with this robotic world of just order following. And it doesn't feel good. Boring. We all know this. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't lead to, you don't wake up with an inherent sense of joy, of possibility, of abundance, of expansion, right? Because it's limited. And it, the way we design is to be so expansive, to feel so much joy. And no matter what we're doing, it's not actually the external things we're doing. It's an internal feeling of expansion. But if your internal reality is on limitation, then those people out there can sell you anything to try and get that feeling you're actually looking for internally, which then is external expansion which does not lead to internal expansion and then you keep traumatizing yourself again and again by not being able to align with your values every time you compromise your values you then re-traumatize yourself right so you can see the vicious cycle of like oh my gosh but how do i get out of this Mm. i'm pretty sure that that can of (laughs) coca-cola is going to make my summer better that's what the tv is telling me right happiness is in the bottle john it's in the bottle right you know not saying to not even drink Coca-Cola, do whatever you want, but do it from a space of internal expansion, not internal limitation. This gripping, this is trauma, right? So it's this, when we're going on a healing journey, it's kind of like, I'm going to do that. Don't be a victim in it, right? Recognize because we all have trauma. This is another uh, highly common um, manifestation of trauma, actually, is to believe that you don't have any, right? It's to say, oh, no, you know, everyone's childhood is a bit up and down. Mine's fine. Nothing happened. I don't have any any ghosts in the closet. You know, I don't have any of those things. I don't have any stuff to deal with. Lying. That's not true. Yes, you do. We all do. And we've got lifetimes of it. Whether you want to believe in the reincarnation model or just the collective ancestral passed down trauma that exists within your cellular makeup, it is there for all of us to do this work. That is why we are here on earth. So what do we do? You know, and, and the biggest thing is when we victimize ourselves, we then see ourselves as weak, right? So it's like, oh, well, it's too hard. I'm too weak. I'm such a victim. It's like, you're actually not. You're actually really quite strong, quite resilient, Quite amazing, quite adaptable. That's also who we are. If you're listening to this, you definitely have gotten past a lot of things to be able to to sit through 30 minutes of this kind of information. So true. Mm. So the issue is one, recognizing that you have it. Hey, look, I've got trauma. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I was a victim. Right? So there's a point where you go, I was a victim. Okay, interesting. Feel those emotions, right? Feel those parts of yourself that, yes, was a victim. And of course, some of us have really big, very big trauma. And then you do want to go to someone, some form of therapist or coach or whatever it is, just a, a friend, just a anyone. Really good support person. That, that, that has got you, right? That has got you in that because it can be messy as this unfolds because our body holds it. So our body will respond. And that can look messy. And a lot of times, you know, it's not just like one tear down the cheek and you're like, oh, yes, 
That was I horrible. Released I've released it. It's more like a you know fetal position, uh, crying, throwing, anger, rage, all sorts of things can come out, which we're not going into here. Mm. But it also can manifest as complete numbness. Totally, yeah. And so being able to move through that first stage, that's what we'd call the survival stage, right? Of actually getting to a functioning human when you're like, I've got trauma and I'm going through these first uh, these first layers. And then we move into this this kind of radical, I'm going to use the word radical because... Meaning deeply rooted, grounded, stabilized. And that's where the, the word You've comes from. You've done the from. foundation work. It needs to be, radical to me is like it's rooted right where the word comes from. So it's in the ground. You're rooted to the earth. You're connected. But it's also, it's like it's radical. It's expansive. We're going bigger, but we're staying grounded. We're not trying to, so much in the kind of new age world. You see this, this talk of, of healing and it's all basically what you're wearing and what things you're buying and and how high you can get right how disconnected from the earth how ungrounded we do not stand by that at all this is about being completely grounded nobody needs to know what you're doing you don't have to wear a certain yoga pant or tassel or crystal or whatever you can if, if you choose to if that's within your alignment but it's understanding that this is so internal and yours no matter who you are we are all spiritual beings here having a human experience so this point of once you get through yes i have trauma yes oh my gosh i was a victim or oh my gosh i was the perpetrator because that's also a huge part of, of of trauma is that you've actually hurt someone else right you've been the perpetrator you've done violent acts to another even if even if you didn't want to but you were say let's say told to right? You're still the one carrying that imprint, that pain. You are the person who took the action and therefore having to have those emotions because we're not actually built to harm people or each other or even animals, right? Or, or, or the planet herself. So being mindful of where you sit and just owning it all. And then we come into this idea of full radical honesty, which is basically that radic radical honesty, right? Really looking at it, being like, oh, yes, this has happened. I was the perpetrator. I was the victim. And sitting with it and being okay with it. And then we're taking radical responsibility, absolute 100% responsibility for everything that happens and has happened to us to be like, I will own it so that I can transform it. I can heal it. If I don't own it, I can't heal it. This is not saying that it's good what happened to you or we're not kind of being like, a lot of people think, you know, if I, take all the responsibility that I'm letting that abuser off the hook. That's not what it's about, right? It's actually releasing them from the hook you've got them on. Let that shit go. And they, you, if you need to, if there's action that needs to be taken, absolutely take that action. But we're talking internally in this work, right? How we release internally, what happens externally is a different story. You know, if someone needs to be held accountable, that is different, also necessary, but this is internally taking that responsibility to make it yours to transform it to walk yourself home. And then it kind of turns into radical awareness, having this absolute heightened level of internal awareness of who you are, of being like, yes, I've experienced trauma. Yes, I've experienced limitation, but I'm choosing to move through it myself to become more expensive, right? To have this, this confidence and then you are worthy and you do not have the fear, this baseline fundamental fear of being abandoned because you know you belong here. You're held by the great mother or you could think of her as mother earth. You're held by God. You're held by the universe, whatever you want to call it. You're held by the angels. You're, you're just held by your, I don't know, higher self. Whatever you want to say, you are so 
supported and strong in who you are, that you can lean into your values, you know what they are, your principles, and you walk with your head held high because you understand truth. And that radical awareness then leads into that self-knowledge, that learning and every day life is this reflective experience, right? Of beauty, of joy, of expansion, of play, of fun, of creation. It's not some boring, sit down, always meditating um, life where there's all these rules. In fact, there are less rules. You're not a rule follower anymore. You, you walk to the, to the rhythm of your own heart. You are able to just stand strong in whatever you choose to do and feel good about it because you know it's the truth for you. So it's a pretty amazing path. And you can imagine if everyone actually had this, they had this much love and expansion, our world would look radically different, but not in some form of chaos, in a form of beauty of, of creation and inspiration and love. And that's why I think that trauma is dangerous. Individual trauma is dangerous for a society because we just become blind followers. We actually police each other. We hurt each other. We hurt ourselves. We live in limitation. We live in the gray. And you know what? It's boring. I'm bored. Let's all heal our shit. Mm. Oh, I wasn't going to swear. And then I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I got so far. (laughs) Uh, Depends on your definition of swearing. That's true. Thank you, darling. Mm -hmm. Um, and that place that we come to is this place of sovereignty, of true, mm. of true freedom. Yeah, you're not bound by anything. You, the shackles are off. You become your full potential. And many, many, many people talk about discovering your full potential, unlocking your full potential, living your full potential. And that that place is a place of freedom. That place is a place where there aren't any bounds. There's no chains holding you down you are not anyone's slave mm-hmm. yes well that's um that's us for today it is thanks for listening um really enjoyed sharing with you all and if you have any questions or you just kind of want to know more you want to talk to someone you're like ah i want to do this how how can i be radical <laughs> help me start i mean most of you if you're listening to this you probably started but help me on the next step. So many steps, you know. It's really good to have people and to be able to to talk about it. And this I is think what I'm doing it. Am yeah. I doing it? This is what John and myself do as our jobs. We do that. Um, and yeah, we're we're always here and would love to support and uh, and talk about it further if you're if you're interested. So mm. yeah. And for now, a little token of your appreciation is always welcome if you give us a like subscribe to this podcast share it with your friends and um, hopefully we can continue to spread this word to spread this freedom to spread this love and awareness 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 thanks for listening Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Radical Awareness Podcast. Podcast.